The Road to Rock podcast. Welcome to the episode where everybody peed. This is The Road to Rock and I'm Elisa. A few weeks ago, Gin Annie graced the shores of England's south coast to play their first socially distanced gig at Madding Crowd in Bournemouth. Hailing from Wolverhampton in the Midlands, Gin Annie have been making waves with their late 80s Sunset Strip sound, which has seen them support the likes of Deadline Ritual, Last in Line and Ugly Kid Show. They're also familiar faces on the UK festival circuit, with Hard Rock Hell, Winter's End and Ramblin' Man Fair slots firmly under their belts. After the boys had finished sound checking at Manning Crowd, I stole them away for a chat about how 2020 was set to be their biggest year yet. We talked about who they're named after, how they feel about the lack of support for the music industry, and also to try and get some dirt on album number two, which is currently in the making. As we were setting up to interview the band, we were all very aware that the British government were preparing to announce that England would be going back into its second national lockdown in an attempt to control COVID-19 cases across the country. As we finished the interview, the news broke that lockdown 2.0 would be starting in a matter of days. Despite everybody's best efforts, life would be back on hold temporarily and live music events at a standstill once again. If you'd like to watch this interview, go to YouTube and search for The Road to Rock podcast. The Road to Rock. Guys, welcome to the South Coast. Thank you for having us. So, just been hearing you sound check. How's it all going? Is this your first socially distanced gig? Uh, kind of. We did a Planet Rock live stream gig, which is completely surreal because there's just cameras, just like now. So it's like playing a show now. But that was cool. But this is our first actual live socially distanced gig. Yeah. Right. What are you expecting? What, are you, what do you think it's going to be like? Because it is a sold out gig, I have to say. The gig is sold out tonight, yeah, but it's not going to be a normal sold out crowd. So. No. <laughs> Ooh, shall I say something? Hello, everybody. Um, I, think, I think what it is, is when, before lockdown, in the good old days, you, you get a definite connection, you know, with, with people being close, and, and you feed back off that, and I'm sure I'll speak for the other guys as well, when, when, when you do that. There is a definite connection there, and there's a lot of energy and all that business. So to play a gig where there's people sitting down and it's table service and it's like, oh, I'll have a glass of water, thank you, and all that business. Uh, I think that's going to be different, but we, we're just going to go there tonight and just, just have a, I suppose just have so, a giggle. Yeah, the, the set dictates yeah. that as well, though, because yeah. we're doing a stripped back show and there's a, that's on purpose. So because we can't go, like, to 11, mm. so there's no point trying to. I don't think we'd enjoy it. I don't think the crowd would enjoy it. Like, you know, we're going to be jumping around on stage and everybody's going to be seated. That's stupid. Um, so, so I yeah. guess you do have to kind of rein it in a bit yeah. so oh, people don't get the urge to... Well, just like earlier, after sound check, and then you, you start getting fired up and I'm going to go and sit on a stool. So it's a bit alien, but, yeah, yeah absolutely. Okay. And so you guys are from the black country, aren't you? From the Midlands. How are things up there for you? Still shit. Really? Right. Yeah, yeah. Same here. No, no, no seriously. It's, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's good. It's, it's difficult for everybody, really, with all the bands out there now, because we all want to play, but ultimately we can't. So it, the, the chance that we had to play this gig was straight away, as soon as they said, look, do you want to come and play the gig? We were like, get us there. It was like, get us there, because I mean, how true it is, I don't know what's going to happen in the next week or so, but it looks quite grim, really, doesn't it? So this really is going to be one where we're going to go out with a bit of a bang, aren't we? Have we got a charity gig tomorrow? Yeah, we do, yeah. We have a charity gig quite local to us at a, a decent venue, so that's sold out again. 
not blowing their own trumpet and all that, but <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it, that that's uh, sold out, so that should be fun. So yeah. So Let's describe see. your style of music for anybody that hasn't heard you guys before. <sighs> what is Jinani? What's the name about as well? Oh. oh. You know what? I'm going to pass this to you for the name. Yeah. So we're named after a ghost. You're kidding me. No. And we're doing this on Halloween. We. Yeah, we are, aren't we? Wow. So. When we started rehearsing, so Jinani's been through like a, a strange history. We started off as a covers band. In fact, this is mine and Dave's first and only band. So for some reason, uh, Dave decided he wanted to start a band and he put on Facebook and we relate, we're cousins. We went to the same school and um, he's like, I'm starting a band. And I just messaged him on the off chance. I was just like, oh, that's wicked, dude. And he's like, you've got to join. Let's like, start a band. So we, we did for shits and giggles. But my parents owned a pub at the time and we used to rehearse upstairs there. And as things progressed, people used to come to like hear us rehearse and stuff, so that was quite cool. And we were struggling for a name, and there was a guy that used to use the pub called um, John. Spanish John was his name, because he spent a lot of time in Spain, but I digress. And um, he, he suggested Ginani, and we said, why Ginani? And he said, there, there used to be a ghost at the pub. The old landlady was named Annie, and she was partial to Gin. And when she passed on, um, Jin used to go missing, and they used to say, oh, that's Jinani. So that's, that's literally, and we're like, that name's that shit, it's good. Yeah. Like, as soon as he said, he's like, that's, that's completely rubbish. We but love it works. It. Yeah, it's just like Jinani. So, yeah, thank you, Spanish John, who's now dead. Yeah. Oh, drinking with Jinani, probably. Bless, bless him, bless him. <laughs> yeah, because it's just ironic, isn't it? It's just... And they're all drinking. So what influences did you take at the time? Did you know what kind of sound you wanted to have as a band? Uh, yes, yes, I, I think so. Um, it, it's difficult, really, because when me and Byron originally put the band together, we kind of liked the same things, didn't we? We liked the, the classic sound. We liked the, the Bon Jovis, the Guns N' Roses, the ACDCs. Again... Yes. So, so uh, I'm, I'm not into the screaming, you know, it's not my thing. So, yeah, I, I like the, the melody. So that was the idea, wasn't it? Yeah. Was to try and have, like, a bit of an edge. It needed to have an edge. It couldn't be soft. The music couldn't be soft. <laughs> you know what? In the hole, that's where I'm going. Oh, that sounds even worse. Um, yeah, so it needed to have a bit of an edge. So the idea was to sort of have the heavy guitars and the drums and the bass that sort of hit yeah. you there. But there needed to be melody, ultimately. So that's what we sort of set out to do. Sure. Um, there's been a couple of changes in, in line-up. So when Brian came on guitar and Phil on bass, things shifted again. And we sort of honed our sound, so to speak, didn't we? So I suppose if you were to liken us to something, I would say I'd look at your Blackstone Cherry, maybe. Um, maybe Bross. <laughs> Nuki's on the block were good. NKOTB, they were good. They were good. No, but the, yeah, but that, that's what we are. We we sort of like a heavy sound with the with the melody. Ultimately. Yeah, yeah, no. I think that's yeah. what we've been missing in the rock music I, I, scene, personally. I think so. I, I think, think so. so. We have got the right stuff, haven't we? Well, I can't wait for this gig tonight. Oh, my oh, God. Yeah. So, getting started, when did you guys, like, are you signed to a record label? When did things start, start getting a bit serious Oh, for this you? is technical now, so I'll back this. Do you want to take this one? I don't mind taking this one. Or do you want to take this one? Do you want to take this one? I can take this one. Um, well, I mean, I, I got with these guys... Um, 
November 2017, so nearly three years ago. And it's funny, because on the way down, me and, me and Hammer uh, were chatting, and within the first year of us being with Ginani, we'd already toured with Graham Bonnet of Alcatraz and Rainbow and, and that sort of stuff. And believe it or not, literally two years ago today, we were on tour in Europe with Diamond Head, doing 23 dates over 29 nights. Unfortunately, we won't go into that. It fell through. It was two years ago today that we were kicked in the balls, weren't we? Stranded, left stranded in Belgium. That's a whole new story. We'll have a bottle of wine and we'll talk about it later. <laughs> but um, so to be fair, I think it was pretty serious very early on. I mean, I got together with these guys. I'd been playing in other bands. I'd, be, I'd played like in a, a Def Leppard tribute band for like 11 years uh, and other bands. And I knew the guys through one of those bands and we sat down in a pub one evening and they said, you know, we're looking at a lineup change. Might be right up your street. So I says, okay, we'll see where it goes. Uh, and within six weeks, me and Hammer had joined our first, one of our first gigs was supporting Slade. Um, I think it was at Christmas. I was just going to say, please tell me it was Christmas. Yeah. So, yeah. so to be honest with Lisa, from literally week one, it's very serious. And, and, and we're all very committed. You know, this is the sort of band that if someone said to us, right, set inside lockdown, if we need you in New York City next Friday, we'd be there. We would find a way to do it. Yeah, we'd, we'd, we would be there. I think the, yeah, the actual turning point yeah. came, though, when... Um, when I we, joined. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> when Brian joined, everything, everything changed. I think when we... Uh, we were doing really well as a covers band, like, stupidly well. We were playing every weekend, and it was all good fun. Um, me and Dave started writing a track off our debut album called Damage. It was the first track me and Dave ever wrote. And we were meant to be doing a promotional video for covers, because we started to, like, headline bigger, bigger, bigger places, like the, the Robin 2, ran by us in Wolverhampton. Um, it's, it's, it's a decent-sized venue. And we were doing that as a covers band. And um, we were doing a promotional video to try and attract more gigs like that. But we'd started to write, and Dave was like, sod the, um, the cover stuff. Let's try and write this, like, finish this track, and we'll shoot a promotional video for that instead. So we wrote Damage... And like we launched that, and it was got like forty thousand views in like I don't know, like two days, three days, or something. And that encouraged us to write more. But because we started doing this original thing, kind of alienated us away from the covers we got known for. But also the other guys in the band, it was in different direction for them. And that's when we knew, okay, we need to start to realign ourselves to be able to do the original stuff because we really enjoyed writing. And then we just went off like a pop rocket then. It was, it's all been a bit of a blur since. It's just like built up around us. And Lewis, you are the newest member of the band on drums, aren't quite you? fresh, yeah, you could say Very that. fresh. <laughs> fresh, fresh in face, yeah. And you, is it August that you joined the guys? Yeah, something like that, wasn't it, I think? Yeah, it was late August, yeah. You joined during the pandemic. I did my research. <laughs> you joined during the pandemic. How did that come about? What were you doing before? Um, well, I had a message. I was currently, I was actually applying to become a drum teacher. I'd just done probably the shittiest audition of my life. And I was like, today can't get any worse. Then Dave messaged me. <laughs> um, <laughs> and now we, we met for a beer, didn't we? It's kind of gone from there. Um, talk things through. And yeah, it's really fun. Did you <laughs> know the guys it. before? Yeah, well, I'm kind of, Best mates with Byron's nephew. We were at school together. His nephew, Jack, bless him. He's always like, oh, yeah, my uncle's in a band. Oh, yeah, yeah cool. And you see all these things popping up on my face. We're like, why don't you tell me your uncle's doing that? That's sick. <laughs> like, you know, going on tour with Diamond Head, I saw that come up and, like, Planet Rock stuff and all this. And I was like, 
Jack, why aren't you like telling me about this stuff? Oh, I don't even know, kind of thing. <laughs> so then to be asked to be a part of something that you kind of idolised like a few years or so in the works, it's quite, it's really nice. <laughs> it's good. But how did you feel joining a pandemic? Because it was like, uh, any gigs coming up? Is there anything going on? I had nothing else to do. Anyway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> no, not like that. But it's, it also yeah, really gives you something to look forward to. It's like almost like a light at the end of the tunnel. Like, it, does, it does. And here you are playing today. To so, yeah, yeah. Yeah. so you mentioned that you've played Rockstock, you've played Winter's End, you've sure. played Rambling Man Fair. Yeah, correct. You guys are doing well. How you know what, though? We've got the, such a good year lined up this year. So, like, we were headlining the rising stage at Rambling Man. I think we got, like, two UK tours set up. We were going to Europe. Yeah, so this year was, like, killer for us. Yeah. And then nothing. Yeah, so that was, that's, that's a bit... You know, especially when, like, it comes through on the calendar, because we've got, like, this bank calendar. And then, like, you'll wake up and you'll be like, oh, I should be in such and such today. I should be in Switzerland. And you're not, yeah. you're not even allowed, like, ten miles away from your house. Yeah. So. You can't even it's, step it's out of your weird. garden. It's very, very weird. Yeah, it's such a shame. But what was it like for you headlining, well, doing those gigs? What was, which was the better one? Rockstock, Rambling Man, Winter's End? Oh, they're all amazing, aren't they? are all yeah. really, really good. They're all good on their own merit. Yeah. I, wouldn't, I wouldn't pick a favourite out of them. We're, we're happy to play any of them. Rambling Man, though, that particular, oh, like, yeah. yeah. Dave, Dave's already man- mentioned like Blackstone Cherry and stuff, and they were playing the, the day before us. Uh, yes. And we were like watching them side the stage, and we got to meet them and everything. And you, you're there on your own merit. And yeah, we we're playing the rising stage, which is tiny compared to the main stage. But we packed that rising stage out. It's like you couldn't see the end of it. And um, we had a great set, so we were, we were really proud to be invited back to headline it for the first time ever on a Friday. Um, so that. That's just been moved over. Nothing's been cancelled. Everything's postponed. That's the only saving grace of it. That's just the, the thing that keeps us sane, that nothing is cancelled. It's only postponed. So. And you never know what might come up in the meantime, like you here today doing Absolutely. social distance gigs. Plus, we've been, we've been in the studio since then as well, and we're, we're, we're writing the next album, and we've already recorded two weeks ago. Two weeks ago, yeah. yeah. We were in Cardiff with Ramesh, and he's produced so many cool bands, of, um, especially... Personally, like Funeral for a Friend and stuff like that, I adore that band. Um, he did Bring Me a the Horizon, he featured on a couple of, he engineered. I think he's done Bullet from a Valentine, Motorhead. Yeah, he's done, you name it, he's done it. And um, he's brought a, a different edge out on us as well, so that's cool. Interesting. So there is another album coming. Absolutely. Ooh, what can we expect from this? Dance tracks. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> bit of R&B, Dave raps. A little bit of new Amazing. kids. Yeah, Dave, yeah. Dave, yeah. Again, the new kids on the block covering Absolutely. that Lisa. Synchronised dancing, yeah. A kazoo, glockenspiel. Have you thought about any bagpipes in there? Well, yeah, maybe. Why not? We, no, well, no, I have. You've just mentioned it. Is, is it finished, the next no, album? No. Still got no. some work to go on it. Yeah, absolutely. So next year, do you think we'll see it? Or? Yeah. Definitely, yeah. For sure. Okay. For sure. And just before we went into lockdown, you guys actually released a song with a video. We did. We did it as, like, we literally had recorded it anyway, and then we just brought forward the, uh, the music video and stuff. Yeah, so Save Me came out probably two weeks into lockdown yeah, yeah. and got playlisted on Planet Rock and, yeah, did really well, so... That's great. How did you feel about bringing that out, knowing that we were then in lockdown? Were you a bit nervous? Did you want to hang on to it a bit longer? Uh, no, I think it played to our advantage because everything, like, we couldn't play anymore and nobody was playing and then all of a sudden we got this new track to release, so that, that kind of, yeah, that, that helped. Yeah, literally the week before, I think it was the week before National Lockdown hit, we were, we were recording that music video, but we knew what was going to happen. Um, and I think it spent about 
a month in the Amazon chart, which was cool. Yeah, yeah something like that. I think Dave messaged the band and he was like, we're still in the top 10 of the rock charts. So that was, that was quite it cool. Was, yeah. It was the South Africa thing that got me. Yes. <laughs> yeah. yeah, what was that all about? In fact, yeah, that was really funny. So basically, um, a guy who works at our label, he sent me a message and he, all he sent to me was, tell me about South Africa. And I was like, what do you want to know? <laughs> you know I know a little bit. But, uh, yeah. I'm no expert, yeah. you know. And he said, really um, <laughs> yeah. he said you, need to, you need to explain. I said, what do I need to explain? He says, um, you've got two tracks in their official charts in the top 50. I was like, I was like, okay, okay. And then he explained which tracks there were, which were two tracks, I think it was Falling and All I Want off the, the debut album. It got like 26 and 27. Yeah, yeah. In fact, it peaked at 24, 23. So, yeah, in the top 25, we, we couldn't believe it. And we're really lucky because that's paid us about six pence. At least. Yeah. Minus tax. Yeah, yeah. minus tax, yeah. yeah. And spread out between you. Absolutely. Yeah. We're all about sharing, yeah. So, yeah, it's, um, yeah. But that was cool. Wow, that was cool. that's amazing. So you have quite a strong fan base, a strong following. It's it, getting there, isn't it? it I'll tell you what's really weird is, is we, we still, I mean, the, the album came out in January 19. And um, you need a wee. God, you can't do that. Pause yeah. to go wee. Oh, the raccoons at the back. Yeah. <laughs> okay, go to the back. It's the ladies' side. Oh. Please keep that in. Keep that in. Keep, keep that in. We'll, we'll crack on. We'll crack on. The road to rock. You guys all good? Yeah. Right. So talk about your fan base. You've built up quite a fan base. I need a wee. I got a wee. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I can put in. Yeah, I was going to say, actually. <laughs> yeah, in, um, it, I mean, the album came out in January 19. Uh, so what's that, 21 months ago, whatever it is. Um, and what's really nice is I'm still sending out albums now, every week. You know, people, and, and I'm, you know, I sent one, I think about a month ago, to uh, Peru. To Peru, and I'm like, have you heard of us in Peru? The shipping yeah. was more than the album as well, and, Yeah, the shipping's weird. like 15 million quid or whatever it is, I don't know. And... And uh, what I always do, to be honest, when I, when I send stuff overseas, I always put a personal handwritten message as well, uh, and maybe a couple of extras, a plectrum or whatever. And you get a message back, and, and it's, it's really sweet. So we sent it to Peru, we sent stuff to Australia, uh, all over Europe, America. I mean, there's stuff in America as well. Mm-hmm. And we go, how have you heard of us in this tiny town in, yeah. the, in Seattle or something like that? So it's, it's kind of, you know, word spreading. So it's, yeah, it's getting about. But the fans really that we good. do have, you tend to find with Ginani fans, or Ginners, as we call them. Ginners. They're so loyal and so passionate. We are a live band, do you know what I mean? And we, we do adore playing and we really enjoy it. And we really like people that dig what we do. And it's just like one big family, isn't it? Like, you know, you see the same people coming to gigs and stuff. And that's really, really cool. So, yeah, it's what, I think nice. What, what's, it's sweet, nice. what's sweet is that guy, Gary Faber? In Boston, yeah, he was like desperate to get us to Boston. Oh, so desperate to get us to Boston. He was like, we can't come all the way to Boston, dude, just because you like us. So like, <laughs> yeah. keep spreading it. We would if we could, but yeah. Every, every post on Facebook, he'll go, "Not coming to Boston yet. Not coming to Boston yet. Boston." Or he'll, he'll put a picture of like Boston or something, won't he? And we go, "Yeah, we'll get over there when we can, Gary." Like, but we can't at the moment. It's ten grand in working visas or whatever it is. I don't know. But it's very sweet. So where were you guys? Were you guys on tour when it? The pandemic hit, lockdown got announced. What were you doing? What was happening with you? Yeah, so, so basically we, 
the last gig we ever, I say we ever did, the last gig, <laughs> sounds terrible, the, the, the last gig that we did, we played Planet Rock Winter's End. So that was February. That's here. That's in Poole. That's the next town over. Dorset, yeah. Dorset. You were here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you're back again. There you go. So yeah, that, that, that was really cool. And we, we came off the back of that and we had a few little murmurs, didn't we, that, that basically it was going to be, you know, a little bit hit and miss. That was thought, February time, wasn't it? That's right, yeah. So by sort of March, I think, what was it, the 23rd, was it, we started to lock down? I think it was the day after Mother's Day, something like that. Yeah, yeah that's, that's where we were. We'd got a lot of plans to play a lot of gigs. We were meant to be in Germany, Switzerland with FM. Um, HRHIB, we've got obviously like we touched on before, Rambling Man, uh, Tour with Toy Keto, so Gun, yeah, there's a lot happening. I know you did have big plans. And our own tour, that, which I will say we sold like nearly 200 tickets in a week in a place in Wales we've never visited. So things were really progressing, it was looking really cool, and then obviously that happened. Did you, could you see it coming? Like, Obviously, because it started in the east, we could see yeah. it coming. Yeah. But at what point did you sit there and realise this is actually going to screw up the rest of the year for us? I know exactly when that was. Okay. We, um, I'll tell you when it was. We met up for a band meeting. And we usually go to this little pub and we sit there and we have a chat, we shoot the shit, you know, the usual. And we sat there and we suddenly became aware that we were the only people in the pub. And we sat there and we went you know what, lads, this is looking pretty bad. And we said, no, no, it'll be fine, it'll be fine. And then we looked around and everyone says, yeah, the pub's closing next week. So we knew at that point it was going to be bad, really bad, yeah. What do you think about the state of the music industry right now? You know, you know, it's so difficult, isn't it? Because you see, you know, you see these little venues and they're, they're really struggling, you know, they're, they're, they just can't make ends meet and... We play a lot of good venues, don't we? And, and yes, by all means, we'd love to play the O2 or we'd love to play a stadium. And yeah, of course we would. But these little venues, I mean, the one, one particular I'll plug is um, the Waterloo in Blackpool, which is a fantastic venue. The guy there, Ian, has done an amazing job. He's got some serious bands playing there. I mean, he's got Ricky Warwick there and uh, Book Cherry with uh, recently. And, you know, seriously good bands. And he's really struggling and... You know, without getting political, there doesn't seem to be a lot of help for the music industry. No, it doesn't look that way, does it? So we're meant to be playing there on f uh, Saturday? No, Sunday. And all this started happening, and obviously Blackpool's had it quite bad, and they got into Tier 3, and then they've got to be able to serve food, and he, he opened a kitchen to be able to satisfy that requirement. Uh, so he's investing left, right and centre to keep it going. And then it was like, <clears throat> he's limited to four points per person or two doubles. Oh no! Oh, I didn't know that. You limited just, on your he drink. And he did this long Facebook post, and he's like, "I can't make it work." No. What's heartbreaking is everything that they've put. And I wouldn't say they're barriers because they're there for a reason. They're there to keep us safe and sure everybody's trying to do the best they can. Nobody's out maliciously. Nobody's trying to hurt us. It's the exact opposite, in fact. But everything they put, every hoop they put, he's jumped through. And he's and then it's just like they had something else and had something else, and he's just ended up having to like say no I'm gonna have to close not permanently when we god forbid but the I think the handout that they're providing for the venue still puts him about two grand a week worse off so and I don't like the fact that it's, it's deemed non-essential or we should train retrain to do something else and all that kind of stuff is is that's a bit insulting and I think well in lockdown when people 
have to stop and it's coming and we're going to have to lock down again and you're at home people are watching TV they're listening to music you rely on the arts at this time to pull you through but ultimately we're the ones that are being told you're not essential so I'd like to see everybody locked down without TV without the radio without any music and see how that sits I'm not saying it's more important than anything else but it's definitely not as uh, unessential as they they say as they're making it out Absolutely. to be yeah it, it, it gives a lot of people purpose. It keeps a lot of people alive. It saves a lot of people. Um, so, yeah. I, I wouldn't say that he's worth retraining as a plasterer. Yeah. You know what I mean? Or in cyber. Or in cyber. Or in cyber. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. In cyber. What about things like... Because in lockdown, we did see live stream gigs happen. Sure. And we saw things like driving gigs try to happen. Do you think that could be the future for a little while? Not. Do you want to do things like that? Not really. No? No. I'd rather us all pull together and beat it now and get over this and get through it to be able to go back to where it was. Or, near. Or, or as close as damn it, absolutely. Because we want the, the atmosphere, people. But it brings us all closer. Music, that's what it's about. You want people squashed up the barriers. You know what I mean? You want to go out and have your picture taken afterwards and, and meet people at the merch stand and, and all that kind of stuff. It's, it's an intimate thing, isn't it? It's, it's too sterile. Uh, we can't connect. We can't feed off it. And I, I don't think it's any fun. You, you know, for a, for a spectator. For anybody. It's not for people watching. It's not for you guys playing. It's really hard for you guys playing. Sure. It's almost like you have to fill the gaps of where the atmosphere has disappeared. Right. So this gig that you're doing tonight, the acoustic gig, mm -hmm. obviously you've had to calm it down <laughs> slightly already. Yeah. How do you think it's going to go down tonight? Are you looking forward to it? Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> you just want to play. Absolutely. <laughs> we, like, we've, done, we've done acoustic shows before. Yeah. The, the thing is, it's completely different. And, and from my perspective, as a singer, I adore acoustic. Oh. And I'll tell you why. Because I don't have to compete with these bunch of noisy bastards. <laughs> so I can hear myself sing, and I'm like, yes. But now, I think tonight's going to be, like, fun. It's going to be fun, isn't it? So it should be good. I'm really, I'm really looking forward to it. And um, for 2021, I mean, hope it, hopefully... Who knows what's going to happen next year? Mm -hmm. If things, like you said, everything's been rescheduled and rolled over, you've got the album as well. Mm -hmm. 2021, what are we going to see from you guys? Hopefully, where are we going to catch you? Well, hopefully, yeah, hopefully you're going to see... Hopefully everywhere, I'd have thought. The tour with Taiketo. Hopefully you're going to see the tour with FM. You're going to see our own headline tour. You're going to see album number two. You may even see something else. Oh, what is that? Like a film or like a, <laughs> a documentary? Or? Maybe. Oh. Maybe. Oh. I was going to ask you again about album number two. Is there anything you can tell us about what's on there or what it might be called? Or Ooh. The title. You haven't got a title yet? It's called album number two. Yeah. That would be the shittiest name ever, wouldn't it? Well, like, Blur already took that. Blur did song two, so don't, song two. don't go down yeah. that road. Yeah. <laughs> you go for a wee. <laughs> Shell. Oh, she's. There's a queue for the toilet. Maybe oh, anyone that doesn't need to go. The Road to Rock. Thank you to Jin Annie for joining me on this week's episode of The Road to Rock, and thank you to you for listening. Don't forget you can watch this episode on YouTube by searching The Road to Rock Podcast, and you can also check us out on social media Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter under The Road to Rock Podcast. Their episode of Fishbowl Roulette will be coming in the next few days.